0: Welcome back to the Symphony Podcast, where we break down one important topic each week. Today I'm with Matthew. We're on the video call. Can Barry see your your pixelated face? But we're going to do our best to break down a a topic that we've been floating around a little bit for a while. We're going to try and keep it tight, but it is something just to incite you to think uh, about what you label and categorize and the human tendency to, to do those things. So Matthew, why don't you Frame it a little bit, and uh, yeah, just welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you. Um, yeah, I kind of missed the in person, the in person podcast episodes that we were doing. This video conference is not the same, but either way, happy to be here. And uh, yeah, this this topic is interesting, and it's something that uh, I, I a quote actually from a book that I read about a year ago kind of sparked me on this this concept of, of pondering on this concept a little bit. Um, I, I believe the quote was referenced in the book, how to change your mind by Michael Pollan. And I, I don't know exactly who the quote is by. I think it's, it was listed as, uh, Krishna Murti when I looked it up on Google. But the quote is that the day you teach the child, the name of the bird, the child will never see that bird again. And that made me think about the human tendency to want to label things and And put things into boxes and have answers for things and then kind of as i progressed in my own spiritual journey and my own philosophies and and the way that i think and see the world it kind of made it it drove me down this path of realizing how uh system oriented almost everything in our in our uh, earth and our ecosystem is and it made me realize that there's so much going on around us constantly that is nearly impossible to describe in a single word or a single label or point to it and be like, Oh, that's what that is. Um, but then I, it also made me think about how often that goes on. Um, and I think it's very, it's typical for us to do that. And in a lot of ways it's helped us, right. It's helped us chunk information into specific words, and it's probably helped in an evolutionary standpoint, but I also think it limits us in our ability to really accept the mystery and um, yeah, just like basically the mystery of all the inner working systems that are going on around us constantly. And so I think we have the ability to open up our world a little bit by just being aware of that and, and stop trying to do it consistently and being more okay in that, in that unknown space and kind of living there with acceptance and with imagination rather than trying to fit everything into boxes um, in terms of like what they've been labeled as uh, throughout history. So yeah, that's kind of a long-winded response, but that was the, uh, the genesis of what got me sparked on this topic.
0: I've got a quick personal story. You just jog my memory because, um, and this kind of relates to the clubhouse call that we had recently when we were talking about in- encouraging intellectual curiosity. Um, growing up for me, I, for example, I thought um, if you like kind of rank ordered all the religions in the world, Uh, Catholicism which is what I was raised to believe was number one and then boom number two is you know other Christian and then like it just goes down the list from like best to worst religions that was how like I was basically brainwashed to think that way and it's just kind of like how uh, as a young person it makes a lot of sense to do that and then you think oh I'm in this team that's the best team and during high school I started well kind of like end of middle school high school I started to question that and be like wait what what actually is this thing that I believe um, and I, I have found over the course of the last 10 years opening up by taking away the labels and the categories and the rankings and all those things and looking at things without the influence of whether it's school or your family or how you were raised culturally, like just having an open mind when looking at things um, has led me to just a way higher quality of life. That uncertainty is actually not as scary as you think it is at first when you lean into it it's actually uh empowering and uh just exciting really when you start to understand the the nuances of this world there's they're so complex there's so much awesome stuff to explore and when we label and categorize we limit ourselves from exploring long long talk definitely uh, i think uh
1: i think religion is (laughs) but i think you you brought up a good point because i think religion is kind of a good entry point for this conversation just in general and it makes me think of a quote that i heard by this guy named peter crone i heard him speaking on a on a podcast and he said that language creates separation where there was none and then that goes along with another thing that i read in a book that said all religions are true none are literal and so and when you when you really dive into what is at the very core of almost every single religion, it's it's belief in a higher power, and it's the belief that you should you know live well on earth and show love to yourself and to others around you, so that your experience in the afterlife will be, will be good, right? It's kind of about like how you live, and so all of these different religions are all saying the same exact things, but but the people's need to need to like cling to that label of Catholic. Buddhist, Christian, Jew, like whatever it's going to be, that's what's ultimately creating the separations, which, which eventually leads to like the crazy amounts of hate that are going on in the world today. And, and it's just, it's interesting to kind of see how that unravels only by people's tendency to need to associate with a certain label. And because of that kind of think that everything else is, is wrong or that, or that being different is wrong when ultimately they're all saying the same thing so that's why that peter crone that peter crone quote stood out to me so much is just because like even even if you look at back like forget religion for a sec and even look back to uh the, when we were starting to establish countries it's like oh i i live on this piece of land so that means i am i am this which means that i'm different from you over there because you are that and like that those separations only came about from from language essentially and then it's grown into what it is today where there's, there's wars and there's, there's hate between people who live in a different geographical region than you just because of the land that they grew up with. But it all ultimately stems back to how we identify ourselves and how we put ourselves in these boxes or, or uh, uh, affiliate and identify with these labels that we've given ourselves based off of uh, essentially language that, that creates separation. Um so yeah it's really it's really fascinating um and I think it's good to to be aware of these concepts.
0: Yeah, I've got a quote from a guy named Nick Webb. It says, "We inhabit a world in which we tend to put labels on each other and expect that we will then march through life wearing them like permanent sandwich boards." And it leads into the the first bullet point that we were chatting about, which is how labels that we give ourselves limit ourselves. The words and the stories we tell ourselves are the most important of, of any conversations that we have, whether it's, I'm good at X or I'm a this, I'm a that it limits you from thinking, okay, maybe I'm not good at this today, but I could be good if I invested in it. If if you're curious in it, it doesn't matter what you are today. Like follow that curiosity, for example. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I know you mentioned, and then maybe talk about how it might limit you professionally and in other areas.
1: Yeah. I think, I think Chase Jarvis put that really well too. When he was like, if you have picked up a camera and taken a picture, you are a photographer, right? Like, and I think in the professional world, uh, people get discouraged or don't maybe, or they maybe don't try things that they would otherwise be curious. And because they don't have the title that is supposed to go along with that curiosity. Um, especially in the creative department, people will be like, Oh, you know, like i I don't have the background of a musician or, or a producer or a video creator or a photographer. So like I, I probably wouldn't be able to like break into that world. Whereas like that's a limiting mindset and that ultimately stems or that the root of that is, is identity and having a label be wrapped up in your identity. And, and so you create limitation for yourself through the words that you're telling yourself. Um, And so that's why, I mean, we've talked about this in other episodes too, but self-talk is so important. Um, And so that's why these statements like these, I am statements, whether you're saying I am unlucky or, oh, I'm always this, or I'm always that. It's like your, your subconscious mind is going to believe you it's, and it hears all of those things. And so, and then as we know, like the subconscious mind kind of transmutes things into your physical reality into their physical equivalent. And so it's like, the more you're telling yourself these things, the more you're identifying with these labels, the more you're limiting your external experience in this world. And so I, I think I would encourage people cause like if I, if I looked at my own um, history in terms of like jobs and what I've done if i was like oh i i can't do this because I, I don't have any entrepreneurial experience or i've never you know i'm not a a food innovator or a you know a podcast creator or any of these things like you just have to do them you know like no, nobody was until they just did it and then they got to add that insignificant label to their to their title which ultimately means nothing because i i believe that you are what you do Right. And so I think that's a better uh, way to look at things and, and way to look at people. And we're actually just I want you to bring up the the comment that you said to me before we got on the phone about the tribe who whose language is more descriptive instead of uh, symbolic. Um, sure. Because I thought that was really interesting. And I think. Yeah. So just dive into that, because I think that goes right into what I'm what I'm talking about here.
0: Yeah, I used to have a my old Instagram account. The motto was, uh, "What you say is your philosophy. What you do is your identity." And it's pretty easy to be like, "I'm a this, I'm a that." But ultimately, your actions, like you you were saying, tying it into the photography thing, it's like, do you go out and take photos? Okay, then you're a photographer. If you just talk about it, uh, never act. So, yes, love the t- the comment that you just had there. And um, as we were talking about language before we got rolling you made me think about a story that my buddy who, uh, he lives up in Calgary, his name's Joel and he's been on Adventure creator podcast, just a mentor to me, someone I really look up to a very wise man. Um, and he works with some of the indigenous uh, people that live out there. And one of the things that in the process of learning about their culture and becoming more embedded and spending time with them that he found so fascinating was how they use language to describe things. And, Basically, in the English language, we have, um, for example, the word cup, mug, glass. Those are three different words that describe ultimately the same thing, something that carries a liquid that you drink out of. And in some of those more um, indigenous languages, they'll actually describe each one of those things. So the cup with the handle on the side or the cup with the lid or the bigger cup, they'll describe... The details of each object or each flower or tree. And the fascinating thing about that is how that connects to how we're wired from such a a fundamental level to think about the details about things versus to have the most efficient way to say something. So in the English language, it's like, why would you say the cup with the handle on the side if you could say mug? Like, mug is the proper word. Like, let's. Be as efficient as possible but in the process of being as efficient as possible we lose that curiosity or that that little bit of oh wow like look at the the petals on this flower are so unique from all the other ones and really not all flowers are the same so stuff like that um just kind of inspiring to think about and maybe you can you can keep going about how looking at the world with a more creative and curious eye can lead to just so many um, beneficial things elsewhere
1: yeah, I think it just leads to to more acceptance. And I think in our culture, it's very common to be like, oh, things need to be one way or another or I need to be able to point at it and name it and label it or else it's I don't think we like to feel like we don't have the answers for things, whereas I think in different cultures, like Eastern culture specifically, they're they're more they're more accepting of that middle ground of. um Of the flux of life and just kind of understanding that we don't have the capacity to understand it all but that's okay like maybe we're not supposed to so like and and i think this this need to put things into a box creates rigidity in the way that we think and i think that that's like one of the main things that kind of makes your world very small and i and i think rigid thinking uh, deters creativity it deters. It makes it more difficult to form impactful relationships. Um, and it just makes your your world small overall. And so I think um, striving to kind of be okay with that with that flux is is a really important piece of continuing to progress as an individual, but and as a member of the of the world and humanity. Just because I think if you have the need to label everything and create these separations, then you're never going to be open to different cultures, different perspectives, different ideas that are different from your own. And that's ultimately what brings us all together uh, in my opinion. And like, that's what would bring the world closer together and form better relationships and, and have differences be a point of curiosity rather than, rather than threat. Um, And I think that's, that's massively important. I mean, not individually in in your career as well, you know, because I think, I think it's very common also to step into a job and no matter what your day to day is, you're kind of just getting handed off, whatever, however it was being done before and plugging that into how you're going to continue to do it. Whereas I think if you're, if you start to look at the world in this way that like, Oh, things can be changed. Things can go differently than what I, what I preconceived them to be. Then you're going to be a more innovative and creative thinker in whatever you're doing. And so I think practicing that on any level is gonna ultimately support you in, in whatever your daily activities are.
0: Yeah, I think the point that you started, that whole um, little comment there was awesome just because of how it kind of ties in the potential positives of actually taking away some of that constricting labeling and categorizing and how it opens us up, makes us more creative, allows us to ultimately live a better life and to interface with the world more seamlessly. And uh, man, I was reading a book last night, which I'm so proud of because I never read. And this story came up and I might have to edit this super fast because it was such a good story. Here it is. Okay. It's super short, but it just kind of, um, it might, it might relate to this a little bit. So, um, Jarvis, it's funny. His name's Jarvis is a Buddhist friend of mine living on death row. In his book, Finding Freedom, he tells a story about what happens when we are seduced by the Lord of Speech. And this book, to give a little bit more context, is um, it's called The Places That Scare, Scare You, A Guide to Fearlessness in Difficult Times. And it's kind of like a combination of Buddhism and modern-day philosophy and just how to live a better life. And uh, I found this story super interesting about how speech limits us. One night, he was sitting on the bed reading when his neighbor Omar yelled out, Hey, Jarvis, check out Channel 7. Jarvis had the picture on without the sound. He looked up and saw a lot of enraged people waving their arms in the air. He said, Hey, Omar, what's going on? And his neighbor told him, It's the Ku Klux Klu- 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 Klan, Jarvis, and they're yelling and screaming about how everything's the fault of the blacks and Jews. A few minutes later, Omar hollered, Hey, check out what's happening now. Jarvis looked up at his television and he saw a large group of people marching, waving placards, and getting arrested. He said, I can see just by looking at them that they're really angry about something. What's up with all those people? Omar said, Jarvis, that's the environmentalist demonstration. They're demanding an end to cutting trees and killing seals and everything. See that one woman raging into the microphone and all those people screaming? Ten minutes later, Omar called again. Hey, Jarvis, are you still watching? Can you see what's happening now? Jarvis looked up, and this time he saw a lot of people in suits looking like they were in a real uproar about something. He said, what's up with these guys? And Omar answered, Jarvis, that's the president and his senators of the United States, and they're fighting and arguing right there on national TV, each trying to convince the public that the other is at fault for this terrible economy. Jarvis said, well, Omar, I sure learned something interesting tonight. Whether they're wearing Klan outfits or environmentalist outfits or really expensive suits, all these people have the same angry faces. And basically, to sum that up, they have this next paragraph, which is, being caught by the Lord of Speech may just start with the reasonable conviction about what we feel to be true. however, if we find ourselves becoming righteously indignant that 's a sure sign that we 've gone too far, and that our ability to affect change will be hindered. Belief in ideals have just have become just another way to put up walls. so long, long little story there, and thanks for bearing with me but um, just trying to actually apply this to yourself is hard, man. Like it's easy for us to sit here and be like, well, we label things like this and, but there's still things that I label and categorize that I'm working on that I'm trying to get through. And um, I think this is a really good topic just because it gets you to, to really be self-reflective and an opportunity to grow for sure.
1: Definitely. And that story was great too. Cause I just think it shows how that pattern can happen of like, even if you got into it with, with all the right intentions, once you become a part of a group who then identifies as a certain word or a certain, you know, belief system, it's like, all that's fine. Great. But the moment that you start creating divide of like us and them, or like the way we think is right. And the way that everybody else thinks is wrong. Like, I think that's kind of when you get into that territory of, I, I just think that's negativity and, and, pretty much all senses and it comes in all different types of ways too. But I think, you know, the more that you can make your life about inclusion and acceptance and having an open mind and, and not, and and just like we've talked about this before and understanding that your mind can be changed about something. I think all of those things are massively important and just little reminders that you can keep at the center of your day to day. And this isn't to say like, don't go out and join a group of people or don't, you know, identify yourself with, with something that you believe yeah, in for sure. Stand All of up that for is something. fine. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of positivity behind that. Of course. Yeah. Stand for something, but I think, you know, allow space for other people to stand for stuff too. And, and, and allow space for your own mind to be changed and understand that, you know, there's not one right way to do anything. And so, but I think our need to put things into a box and to label things kind of confuses that, concept and makes it very difficult um to not behave in that manner when that's kind of like what's been going on for as long as humans have been on this earth so i think just i mean for a tangible takeaway in the day-to-day just the concept of being aware of it and being aware of your thought patterns and how you create separation with your words and your own thoughts and, and if there's, a and maybe just, you know, check yourself if you're ever kind of like finding yourself having these internal conversations of me and them or us versus them, or that way of thinking is different and so forth. And, and because of that wrong, you know, like, so when those thoughts come up, I think that's the time to kind of be a little bit self reflective and think about um, a lot of these topics that we've, we've brought up today.
0: Fantastic. Let's uh, put a pin in this one. I think we Definitely. I mean, I'm stoked about this conversation. I've been uh, looking forward to it for a long time. And just just how I've been thinking about it has been opening my mind even recently. So, yeah, man, appreciate tinkering with this uh, one with you.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I think it's good for the imagination too, you know. Just that childlike wonder of seeing the bird like it's the very first time you saw it without having to have a name for it, you know. Like, I think the more you can keep that at the center of your life, it, the better... The better off you'll be and there's a reason why being a know-it-all is a is kind of like a bad term right i mean you hear that on the playground when you're in second grade like nobody wants to hang out with a know-it-all like you, you don't want to be with someone on a hike when you're you're pointing out some unique piece of like a flower or a tree and then someone comes over and has to be like oh actually that's this and and you know they do this and this and it's just like dude enjoy the enjoy the imaginary realm for a sec and just let the let the imagination flow and fly and there doesn't need to be a name and a scientific term for everything i think that limits limits our imagination it limits our creativity and it ultimately limits our ability to connect on a human level and a divine level with our surroundings and and people in the world
0: All right, well, then I got to do this Albert Einstein quote as well just to wrap us up here. Um,
1: Oh, yeah. Bring in in good old Albert.
0: I read two pages of a book, and I recite both pages onto the podcast (laughs) the next day. Hilarious. (laughs) Anyways, I think it just kind of puts a pin in everything that we're talking about and ties it all together in a nice way. A human being is part of the whole called by the universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something that separates him from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of consciousness. Maybe that's what we're talking about when we're talking about language is one of those things. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting, restricting us to our personal desires and affections for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening the circle of understanding and compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. That's an Albie, Albie Einstein quote. So let's keep challenging ourselves to open up and um, just not not uh, categorize and label things. Appreciate you, Matt.
1: Absolutely. Let's wrap it up. Thanks, Albie.
0: Till next time, we'll be out with another app next Monday. And uh, you can find us at thesymphonyco.com and on Instagram. We're gonna do a clubhouse call one of these next couple of days. So stay yeah, in tune. We get back on that. Yeah, we'll we'll be publishing some dates pretty soon for a, for a clubhouse call where we basically do a podcast like this with a bunch of people and share more perspectives. All right, peace.
1: Yeah, way more inter- interactive too.